You're listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will be discussing how we can live in step with the Holy Spirit to ultimately become the Spirit-filled believer God has created us to be. When we encounter Jesus and experience the power of His Spirit, our lives will be transformed. This morning, we're going to look at a great example of a man whose life never really took shape until he was changed by the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. Our scripture text comes from John chapter 19, starting in verse 1. Today's message is entitled, What is Your Shape? The Bible says God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the onset to shape the lives. Everyone say shape. He decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. God wants to shape your life. He wants to make your life like Jesus. The son stands first in the line of humanity restored. We see the original and intended shape, everyone said shape, of our lives there and him. Now I want you to turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse number 14. Mark chapter 1 beginning with verse number 14. I'm going to read out the new King James Version this morning. And the Bible says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel. Everyone say gospel. The word gospel means good news. Jesus came preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Verse number 15. And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Everyone say repent. Repent simply means to change the way that you think. That's what it means. It means change the way that you think about God, change the way that you think about the world, change the way that you think about problems in your life, change the way that you think about sin, change the way that you think. Everything starts with the way you think. Everything begins in the mind. Every action always begins with a thought. Change the way that you think. And believe in the good news. Believe that what I'm about to tell you is good news. Now verse number 16. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew and his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me. Everyone say, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Let us pray. Father, in these next few moments, I thank you that there is a shape. There's a supernatural shape of your spirit that's taking place already in this service. We thank you, Lord, that you are here today to do good for your people. We thank you for every person that's walked through the doors of this building today, from the first service to the third service. We thank you that your grace has been here. And Lord Jesus, we ask right now that you will do again what only you can do. Touch the hearts of the hearers this day. And God, for myself, I pray that you'll use me. God, help me to communicate the truth that you desire to shape us by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that our hearts will be open to receive and to follow what you've called us to do. I ask this now, Jesus, in your wonderful and your mighty name. Amen. 
Our lives are shaped by the things that we experience. Our lives are shaped by, by the things that we see. Our lives uh, have memorable times in them that make such an impact that it shapes the way that we think about those kinds of things for the rest of our life. When I was 11 years of age, my next-door neighbor, who I didn't know very well, he was about a 17-year-old young man. I never even talked to him. My mom had asked uh, this young man to take care of our house when we went on a family vacation. We left for the great Northwest. We had never been to the Northwest as a family. And uh, we packed up our stuff, and we went across. We started heading across the country, and we got to California. And when we got to California, we got a phone call. We were at my grandparents' house that our house had been broken into. It had been vandalized, and someone had lit it on fire. So immediately, I mean, our whole, you know, my parents, we stopped, and my, my parents left us with my grandparents, and they went back to, to Arizona. And, and there in Arizona, they, they were trying to put all the pieces together. The house had been burned up, and and within a very short, within just a couple of days, the, the young man, this young man, and the, the friends that he had told that had robbed the house and broke into the house and stole our stuff, somebody squealed. I don't know. I think actually what happened was someone was walking home from school. It was late at night. Or they're walking back from some kind of football practice, and they saw them burying stuff out in the desert, and uh, they went and told the police. And so within just a couple of days, it was all exposed, and they all confessed what they did. But the one young man was responsible for actually lighting our house on fire. I remember going back, and, and when I, I mean, you know, first when we heard the news, it was just like tragic. It, it just, it shaped my experience about, you know, I don't even know what it shaped my experience, about fear. And it was like the worst thing that could happen to you as a kid, I guess, or at least you thought. And then when I went home, and I, I walked into the house that was burnt, it was charred. I mean, I was, it was just so emotional. I was crying, and Actually, my sister's little dog, they locked the dog in the bedroom. So when the fire, the house got on fire, the dog asphyxiated itself because of the smoke and died. And so just a terrible feeling. So it's a memory that I'll never forget and shape my life. We're shaped by the things that we experience in life. My life was shaped in church by the things that I experienced in church. I also talk about going to camp and experiencing God really experiencing God for the first time at the age of 10. It shaped his life. It so shaped his life. He's up here. And he's motivated to get kids, to get young people to go to camp and to really experience God. Get alone. Get away from their family. Get away from their school friends. Get alone. Meet some new people. But literally with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids from around the state of Florida and have an encounter with God. Hear the truth of God's word. Have a personal encounter with him. There's nothing that can re- replace the personal encounter in your life. But as a little boy, I encountered God. But, yeah, I grew up, and, and I, I turned away from the Lord. But I remembered that no matter how far I went from God, I could never escape those encounters. I also could escape the things that I was taught. And when I was a boy at my church, there was a really strong emphasis on the rapture. Now, the rapture is reference, if you're a new Christian, the rapture of Jesus is reference to Jesus coming again. One of the doctrinal beliefs, one of the foundational teachings that we believe as Christians that Jesus is going to come again for his church. It's a promise. He said he was going to do it. And he said it's going to be a great church, a victorious church, not a wimpy church, not a cowering church, but a church of miracles, a church of power, a church where people are getting saved and their lives are being transformed. He promised that. 
As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, we see a clear picture of this church that overcomes the devil. That's victorious. The Bible says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their life even unto death. They're a winning church. They're a victorious church. Right, mate? They're a winning church. They're a winning church. That's who Jesus is coming back for. But when I was a kid, there was a strong emphasis on the rapture. And my thought of the church wasn't that we were winning. My thought is that we were losing. As a matter of fact, I was so afraid of missing the rapture as a kid. My pastor, once or twice a year, would show this movie called A Thief in the Night. Anybody ever see that movie as a kid, A Thief in the Night? That movie scared the bejeebers out of me. It was on one of those great big reels, and, and they would show this movie, and it was basically about Jesus coming again, and, and these people, they were just, you know, these people went to church, but they really didn't believe. They were just kind of messing around with God. They weren't really focused, and they were living their own life and living together, whatever, drink, you know, whatever they were doing. They were, but they'd go to church, try to be good, and, and then Jesus comes again, and they miss the rapture, and then the great tribulation starts, and the Antichrist is revealed. And they got to take the, the Bible says all this is going to happen. So it's going to happen. But we're still winners. And we're not afraid of the devil. We love not our life unto death. But they were afraid. You know why they were afraid? Because they missed the rapture. And I was terrified as a kid of missing the rapture. And it's the way my pastor kept us all in line. He kept us all afraid. That's how we, come on. And so, you know, really as a kid, I really wanted to be a Catholic. I, honestly, I really thought, man, it'd be, I mean, because the Catholic kids at my school, I mean, all week long, they got to live like the how I thought it anyway. So I was scared to live like the devil because, you know, I could miss the rapture. But they could live like the devil because once a week they'd go to the priest and they would make their confession and everything would be all right. And they'd go back and go back. That's kind of how I thought, you know. Come on. When you're a kid, life isn't perfect, right? And all the dots don't connect. And so I would go to church on Sunday. And I like, okay, God, forgive me. Whatever, all the bad stuff I did. I did a lot of bad stuff as a kid. And so I would ask God to forgive me. And my, this is my thought process. I know it's a little screwed up, but this is how I thought. You know, Sunday, good. I got forgiven. Then Monday kind of carry a little grace carry over to Monday. But by the end of Monday, I wasn't too sure. And then Tuesday, uh, Jesus came back on Tuesday. I was, I was sunk. You know, if the rapture happened on Tuesday, wasn't going to make it. I was scared, afraid, I was afraid. So, well, but I got Wednesday a chance to redeem myself, right? So I'll go back to church on Wednesday, get myself light on Wednesday, and then, you know, whatever, and then Thursday. I had a long stretch, though, from Wednesday to Sunday. I mean, I mean Thursday, you know, pretty good, but Friday, Saturday, I mean, that, that was a long stretch. Now, that was kind of silly thinking, and I didn't understand the love of God. And I really didn't have a concept of the grace of God. Now, I had encountered God as a little kid, but I really didn't know him. I didn't know how much he really loved me. I didn't really understand his transforming power. I really didn't have a hold of that. So I grew up as a young person, left church, didn't go to church, lived my own life. But God came to me one day. And in Mark's gospel, we see this exact experience that happened to me. What? I had information about Jesus. I had information about Jesus. You see, the Bible is our source of information about the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, New King James. Jesus says something like this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will live or abide forever. I think the, the New International Version says that my words will abide forever. They'll live forever. See, heaven and earth will pass away. Can you guys put, help me? There, can you put the, ver, the verses up on the screen? Follow along there. I appreciate it. They'll pass away. 
See, we receive information about Jesus because he told us who he was. He told us that if we see Je- if they saw Jesus, they saw God himself. Jesus told them that he was the son of God. Jesus told them that he would die on the cross. He told them. He prophesied how he would die. But he also told them that death could not hold him down. See, we see Jesus. So we get a clear picture. We get right information about Jesus from himself. And then from his eyewitnesses, the guys that wrote the New Testament. So you get information, but then you got to be inspired. you got to get inspiration. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says it like this. All Scripture, everyone say all Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration there is numa. It's numa. And the word literally means, and the NIV translates, translates it like this, God breathe. Have you ever wondered why like, you read one version, it's translated one way? Come on, you've ever done this and you read another version? You know why that is? Because, because the, the guys that translate the Bible, they try to find different guys, try to use different words to best describe what that word means. And the word literally means God breathe. God breathed and is profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof, for teaching you the right way to go, for correction and instruction in life. Instruction in how to live a right life. You see, if you want to know what God says about the money problem of your life, uh, don't run to Susan Ortman. Now, she's got, Susie Ortman's got some great truth. But where you start off with is the Word of God. You start off with God's Word. If you want to know how to fix your marriage, you got a marriage problem. The first place that you don't run to is Dr. Phil. That's not the first place you go to. The first place that you go to is the Word of God. You see, God breathed this word. It's interesting. This word in the Greek is pneuma. In the Hebrew, the word is prach. It's, it's the word in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that God breathed life into the first man, Adam. He breathed life into Adam. It's the exact same word in the Hebrew. Rock is the same word, pneuma, in the Greek. See, God breathed these words. These aren't just, you know, this is just pages with ink on it. But they were written down by men who were inspired by God to give you a revelation of who Jesus was. And what happens when you begin to read this Bible, you begin to get inspired. If you're a believer, there's something inside of you that says, yeah. So, but you got this battle going on because part of you wants to do it. Part of you knows you should do it, but part of you doesn't really, you know, you're tired, do whatever. But see, when you get inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit starts to make this truth alive and your life changes, then you have what I call impartation. It literally becomes alive to you. It changes you. Paul the Apostle to the church at Rome says it like this, I desire to come to you to give or to impart some spiritual gift to you to make you strong. There is a gift when the life of God is breathed into you. When the Holy Spirit of God is breathed into you, change. Things begin to change. Attitudes begin to change. Lifestyle begins to change. But in order for this to happen, you must do your part. Everyone say God's part. God gave you us his part. He breathed his life. But God wants you to do your part. Everyone say, my part. My part. You got your part in this thing. It ain't just, God just comes down and bangs you on the head. And, you know, yeah, I, I'm saved now. And I'm, you know, 
And I'm going to be the smartest, wisest. I'm not going to have any problems. No. You see, there's a process. There's a process in your life of maturity. There's a shape. There's a shape, the way that God's made you. And that shape that God's made you is being molded into the image of Christ Jesus. See, it's a process. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. I love this in the message. He decided, he decided from the very onset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same life lines of his son Jesus. To shape you. A process. Do you know success in your life is determined by your process? There's a basketball coach, one of the most famous basketball coaches that ever lived. You might not have heard of you young, but back in the day, he was the coach of the coach. He was the coach of the UCLA Bruins for 27 years. He won 10 national championships. He actually had a period when he was with the, with the Bruins when Kareem Abdul was playing with him. His team, the UCLA Bruins, they won 84 games in a row. It's never been matched before or since. He coached some of the greatest basketball players that ever lived in their day. He was an incredible man. Gail Goodrich is quoted in the USA Today saying this this week about this man, John Wood. He says, he says, this guy, he said he changed my life. He said he was the master of process. He said he was the master of process. It was all about the process. They won championship after championship after championship, game after game. Out of 40 years of coaching, he only had one losing year. It was his first year. After losing one year as a basketball coach, he never had a losing year again. That's amazing. You know what he did? He began to work on process, fundamentals, discipline. Gail Goodrich said, he taught us how to change our life. He taught us how to lay our socks out on the bed. So it's true. So that when we put them on, we would put them on exactly right. And then we'd put our shoes on. And he said, he taught us how to lace our shoes. He said that a college basketball player should never get blisters on their feet if their shoes are laced up correctly. That's what he said. And he said, he taught us how to do it. He said it was all about process. It was all about running the fundamentals over, basic process over. Success in your life is about process. See, the Holy Spirit of God, He purifies you when you come to Jesus. When you accept Jesus, you ask Him to forgive of your sins. You come into church service, you go to an altar, however it works. Jesus purifies you. Oh, He purifies you. You heard the call. We read the verse in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, where Jesus came. Jesus came to this area where these boys, these crusty fishermen, these young men, they were mending their nets and getting ready to go back out of the boat and done, do what they and their families had done for generations. But Jesus called them to follow him. You see, when Jesus calls you, you must be willing to leave your old way of life. This is what happens. This is exactly what happens. Jesus calls you. Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. You feel the moment. You're inspired. You're in a church service. You're at an altar. You're watching Joel Osteen. You're watching whoever. You're whatever happens. I don't know. You're driving down the road. Maybe you're just like me. You're just laying in bed and saying, God, if you're really real, show yourself to me. I don't know. I mean, God is so merciful and kind to so many people. I heard a story this week about a woman, and she was an atheist. True story. Just, just this just happened recently. And she was an atheist. She told she didn't believe in God. And something tragic happened to her daughter. True story. Something tragic happened to her daughter. And she got into her car. And she just banged her hand on the steering wheels. And she cried out, God, I hate you. That's what she said. She said, all of a sudden, 
She said, this gentle, small voice spoke to me and said, well, that's the first time you've ever talked to me. I love you. I love you. That's exactly what the voice said. I love you. Wow. She just, right in her car, boom, she had a God moment. Music wasn't playing softly. Pastor wasn't giving an invitation. She just had an encounter with God. See, they were, they were just going about their life, and Jesus came to them, and he said, follow me, and I will shape your life, and I will fulfill a destiny in you that you never knew. See, but you got to be willing to leave your old way of life. 19 years of age, sitting in my buddy's F-100 pickup truck. It was before the 150. F-100. And, man, he had this thing all jacked up, big tires, and he was my drinking buddy. His name was Larry Ross. We drank beer every single... We lived in the same house together. We drank beer every single... My, my, I liked a couple of beers, but I remember this, this particular time I was drinking Coors. Rocky Mountain, they call it some other kind of water, but it was Rocky Mountain water. And I was drinking this can of Coors. I remember thinking, man, I love this. I'm going to drink this beer all my life. This is really good. I remember telling myself that. And then one day, Jesus came. And he called me. I mean, he called, and when Jesus called me, he said, you know what? I got something better for you. And you, you won't never have to worry about where you parked your car again. You won't have to wake up in the morning because your head's hurt. And you go, you know, you say, I'm never going to do that one again. And then the next night you're out doing that one again. You're not going to have to worry about those dumb things that you said that almost got you beat up in the bar because you were inebriated and couldn't hold your tongue. No, I got a better plan for you. Come and follow me. You see, but when Jesus spoke to me, I had to be willing to leave my old way of life. It is exactly what doesn't happen. For They come to Jesus. He calls them. They hear the voice, but they don't leave their old way of life. Jesus said, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. That's your part. You have to leave your old way of life. See, Jesus knocks on the door of your life, but you have to say yes. So you have to be willing to leave your old way of life, but you also must be willing to receive the Holy Spirit as your power source. The Holy Spirit is your power source. John chapter 20. One of the most fascinating scripture verses. If you know the Gospels, you know that Jesus called the disciples to follow him and he gave them miraculous power. It's a very, this is a very, you got to follow me on this. Some of you, this may be a little kind of farther than where you're at right now, but some of you understand this. Jesus called them, and in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, the Bible says that Jesus anointed them. And he sent them out, and he gave them power, spiritual power, supernatural power, to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to open blinded eyes, and to tell people the good news. That's what he says. But this is John chapter 20. This is after Jesus has died on the cross, as he said he would. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. So he's, he's told them this is going to happen. He, he laid out the whole thing. He said, death can't keep me down. He said, I'm going to go into the, he said, I'm going to go into the earth for three days, and the third day I'm going to rise again. But when he died on the cross, they all scattered. None of them believed. You see, that when Jesus was popular, and he was king, and everybody, he was famous. He, it was the end thing. They were with him. But the moment, man, that had left, they were gone. And so Jesus has to go back to his, his boys, the 12. 
that he had called. He's got to show himself. The Bible says that he shows him. Actually, in this context, he shows him the nails in his hands. Prince, the nail prints in his hands. Then in John chapter 20, I want you to see this with me. It's very fascinating. Verse 21 says, Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this to them, he breathed on them. Numa. Numa. Everyone say Numa. He breathed on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. We saw that little video about the coal. When you ask Jesus to come into your life, listen, the greatest power source in the whole world is the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because He's the creator of that power. He's the creator of that power. He created you. He made you. He wants to fill you. So He breathes on them. But you've got to follow this here. You've got to hear this. See, when I left Jesus, the next thing that happened in my life is I said, Jesus, I want you. I'm inspired. I need you. And at that moment, he imparted into me spiritual power. I was instantly transformed. I mean, God loves you. Romans, Paul lays out this whole plan about this battle within, this war within that all of us have. But God created you. When the Holy Spirit's power is in you, you can't win. You have the ability to say no to things that are destructive in your life. You have the ability to choose right relationships. Listen to me. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you're no longer powerless. You're not powerful. Because God himself, the God of creation, the God of creation, he's in you. You're no longer, you're no longer just a victim. You're no longer just, can't, I can't do this. It's impossible. No, see, God shaped you. He shaped you. And he made you. I love, I love God because of who he is. <laughs> He's all by himself. He didn't need anyone to help him to make all this. Oh, the devil lies, tries to deceive you. You've tried before. Paul says, you are controlled by the Spirit. You leave that up. You're controlled by the Spirit of God. You can see that. You're controlled. You can leave that verse up for me. You're controlled by the Spirit of God. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember those who do not have the Spirit living in them are not Christians at all. But the next verse up. Since Christ lives within you, even your body will, be, will die because of your sin. Your spirit is alive because you've been made right with God. But the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Hear this. Christ rose from the dead. When you come, when you come, that spirit now lives in you. He lives in you. Therefore, therefore, he will give strength to you to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he made for you. He's not out there. You know, we talked about he was saying he reigned. Sometimes in my mind, he reigns. I'm thinking he's reigning out there. No, no. He's reigning right inside of here. But I got to give him permission. That's my part. I got to say yes. I got to say yes. Verse number 12. So, dear brothers, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful urges tell you to do. You can say no to that extra plate of food. You can say no to that drink. You can say no to that click on the internet. 
You can't say no. You're under no obligation. See, that's powerful. That's faith. That's the Holy Spirit that lives in you that wants to transform and change your life. But you've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to receive the Holy Spirit as your power source. One of the greatest examples of this is in the Bible with a man by the name of Peter. He encountered Jesus. You know the story. You know Peter, this young fisherman who now becomes this, you know, follower of Jesus. And he's doing miracles. And we get down to the end of Jesus' life. And who Peter really is comes out. See, who Peter really is comes out. Because when the, the soldiers come to take Jesus, Peter, brash, arrogant, cocky, whips out his sword. Come on, boys. T- bring it on. I'll take you all on. He's going to take all. He's going to take a hundred Roman soldiers on. And he pulls out his sword. And he comes up there. And he cuts off Malchias' ear. Right off his ear. Bam. Imagine a guy cutting your ear off. Blood all over. See, Jesus wasn't there to destroy life. Jesus came to give life. Jesus picks that boy's ear up. He sticks it right back on. Because Jesus came to bless. Jesus came to heal. He came to deliver. He came to give a spiritual gift to Peter. But Peter hadn't received it yet. He breathed on him, though. And he received that power. And then he says, Peter, but I got something more. I got a really cool... Yeah, you're, you're born again now, Peter. But now I want to give you something else. I want to give you a spiritual gift. Because you're no longer going to be bringing pain. It's no longer going to be about Peter. But it's going to be about me making you into what I've created you to be. And you're no longer going to be a bummer in people's life, Peter, but you're not going to be a blessing. You can read it for your story for yourself in the book of Acts. The Bible says that Peter with about 120 other people that hung out in a room. They were just waiting. They were doing exactly what Jesus said. They were just waiting in this room. Jesus said, if you go to Jerusalem, you wait for me, I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to give you a gift. It's a beautiful gift. This gift will shape your life. You'll never be the same again, Kip. When you receive the gift that I'm about to give you, and you open this gift up. See, what happens is that God has given you, maybe he gave you the gift, but, you know, you put it back in the package, and you just didn't feel worthy to use it because you weren't good enough. You know, maybe some of you have never really taken the gift. Hang on, guys, just... Just focus right here. Hang, just, just go ahead and just, maybe have a seat right here. Just hang on just a second. You've never taken the gift. But the Holy Spirit is here today. He has a gift for you. First two services, Holy Spirit never disappoints. The Holy Spirit was here touching people. This beautiful gift. This is a birthday gift they gave to me. I haven't opened it yet. Made it through two services. I'll wait till afterwards. But until I open this gift, I'll never know what's in here. I'll never be able to use what this gift is until I open it. That's my part. The gift was given to me, but it's of no value until I open it. So the Holy Spirit, they go and wait, and God gives them the gift, and they begin to use the gift, and they begin to speak an unknown language. I don't understand this. I say, Jesus, cleanse me, forgive me. He comes, he fills me. All of a sudden, I open my mouth. I begin to tell him I love him. All of a sudden, I find myself speaking in this language I've never learned. Speaking, I mean, it just comes out of me. I don't know how it happens. and I'm just, pow. My life went from being a bummer 
My life was a bummer. And I caused a lot of pain to my family, caused a lot of pain in relationships, caused a lot of pain everywhere I went. So I didn't grow up in a pastor's home. Just grew up, my parents are Christians, struggled like a lot of families. But when I opened this gift up, and the very first time I used this gift, very first, very first time I opened the gift up, I was a good saved about six weeks. And I stood before 150 young people, about 150 people in my youth group at that time. I stood before 150, and the very first time I used the gift of my mouth, 33 kids came forward to give their life to Jesus. The very first time. I thought, wow. I didn't know. I didn't know I had that gift. I didn't know I could communicate the gospel. I didn't know I could tell people good news that Jesus had a plan for their life. I didn't know. But when I opened my mouth and I used my gift, and God woke something up in my life. You have a gift, beautiful gift. You can read, you got to study on gifts in the Bible. There's all kinds of gifts of service. Not everybody can be a mouth. There can only be one mouth at a time on your body, right? You know? But there's all kinds of gifts in the body, gifts of knowledge and wisdom, gifts of generosity and leadership and mercy, gifts of service, all kinds of gifts. You've been given a gift. What happens when you start to use your gift, your focus goes from you to other people. And then your life becomes a blessing. And then purpose, the shape, the image of Christ, the image for what God's made you to be starts to get fulfilled. And then life's never the same. See, immediately when Peter started using his gift, it was evident to all. People knew the call on Peter's life immediately. It set him apart. Here's a guy that would just deny Jesus. Here's a guy that was in the garden with Jesus, cuts the guy's ear off. Here's a guy that runs from the cross, not to the cross. Now here's a guy standing people about the love of God, telling people they need to change their lives, change their hearts. Jesus died for them. And the first time that Jesus opened his mouth to be a blessing, 3,000 people say, yes, I want the good news. See, his life was transformed because he opened the gift. The Holy Spirit is here right now. The power of God is here. The Spirit of God. We're, we are going, we're going to allow God to do what he wants to do in this church. I had a very clear dream this week, very clear. God just says, God, just very clear in this dream, it's about my presence. See, it's the presence of Jesus in your life that changes your life. It's not a one-time counter. It's not a one-time experience. It's a process. The Holy Spirit is excellent at process. He takes you from step to step. But there is a time when you have to open that gift. There's a time that you have to encounter. There's a time that you have to... Paul says that we're to walk in this. We're to walk in the Spirit. We're under no obligation to the sinful flesh. But if we don't walk in the Spirit, we'll give in to our sinful desires change the way that you think. Change the way that you think about your life. Right now the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. There's nothing like being filled, cleansed. There's nothing like being used of God. It's the greatest feeling. The greatest feeling in the world is being used by God with your spiritual gifts. Right now in this room, the first first invitation that I'm going to give is to those who've never received. You've never received Jesus. You know, Jesus is knocked today right now he's knocking on the door of your life but you've never said Jesus come in you've never said okay Jesus I'm going to leave all and follow you you've never made that decision in your heart oh you've heard maybe you said a prayer but today Jesus said no 
I want you to leave your old way of life. Thanks for listening to this message, What is Your Shape? with Lead Pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.